0: You know it's a bad sign when the first thing I do is grab a drink of water, so hey. Uh, a little announcement before we get going here. Brant Craig was involved in a very serious accident a little over a week ago. He has been in a coma and just starting now to come out of the coma, and they're starting to do surgery on him, reconstructive surgery on his face and things like this. But he's married to Bethany Jenkins. Bethany was a, a longtime attender of our church. and She went off to live her life. <laughs> and they live up in North Carolina where the accident occurred, and they're in need of help. So if you would like to help, write on your check, Brant or Benevolence or whatever, because we're going to be sending them some funds to help them get through this very difficult time. But keep Brant in your prayers. Uh, They certainly appreciate that. So enough said. This morning we're in Genesis 44. Joseph uh, has had his brothers come to his house there in Egypt to enjoy a meal. The brothers do not recognize Joseph and that sort of makes me wonder, how much makeup (laughs) did these Egyptians of royalty, how much makeup did they actually wear, you know, that your own brother doesn't recognize you? We know that the brothers that have come down from Canaan probably had beards because they're Hebrew. And we know the Egyptians were clean-shaven, even shaving their heads like I do. Many people think I'm bald. I'm not bald. I cut a wide part in right down the middle. Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't say anything bad there. Uh, But Joseph, he has continued to speak to his brothers through an interpreter. And the the brothers, they suspect nothing in regards to Joseph's identity or him being their brother. So Joseph has been able to listen to their conversation, discuss all the happenings about them, and they never suspect that Joseph understands them. But what Joseph has heard has been encouraging to him because Joseph's brothers are showing signs of sorrow and repentance. <clears throat> Judah, uh, Joseph's old, uh, older brother, who instigated the cell of Joseph to the Ishmaelites, Judah is now the one who intercedes on behalf of Benjamin. So let's read Genesis 44, and we'll read 1 through 17. And he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Also put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, and his grain money. So he did according to the word of Joseph, who had spoken. As soon as the morning dawned, the men were sent away, they and their donkeys, and when they had gone out of the city, they were not yet far off. Joseph said to his steward, "Get up, follow the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, "Why have you repaid evil for good? Is not this the one who which my Lord drinks, and with which he indeed practised divination? You have done evil in so doing, So he overtook them and spoke. These same words, and they said to him, "Why does my Lord say these words? Far be it from us that your servants should should do such a thing. Look, we brought back to you from the land of Canaan the money which we found in the mouth of our sacks. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house with whomever of your servants it is found? Let him die, serious." And we also will be my Lord's slaves. And he said, Now also let it be according to your words. He with whom it is found shall be my slave, and you shall be blameless. Then each man speedily let down his sack to the ground, and each one opened his sack. So he searched. He began with the oldest and left off with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes. Each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, and he was still there, and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, "'What deed is this you have done? "'Did you not know that such a man as I "'can uh, certainly practice divination?' "'Then Judah said, "'What shall we say to my Lord? "'What shall we speak?' Or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Here we are, my Lord's slave, both we and he also whom the cup was found. But he said, far be it from me that I should do so. The man in whose hand the cup was found, he shall be my slave. As for you, go in peace to your father. Joseph, his steward, On his instruction, gives the brothers as much grain as they can carry. Not just the grain they have bought, not all that they wanted, but all they can carry. Joseph, in Genesis, is a type of Christ. Joseph is giving his brothers more than they could ever ask for or even hope for, how typical of our Lord Jesus to give us more blessings than we could ever recognize or even hope for. I hope that as we start a new year here within a few days, that you're reflecting upon God's goodness to you, upon his blessings to you, and that's a good thing when we do that. For us to reflect upon the many blessings of God's towards us it's just having a thankful heart. One of the things I thank God for is he hasn't quit on me. <laughs> uh, I would have bailed out on myself years ago. But God's patience towards me I think is perhaps my greatest blessings from the Lord. Joseph, his brothers are leaving Egypt and they're happy. They're in high spirits. Simeon, the oldest brother is with them. He has been released from prison and they've been honored by having a meal with the governor of Egypt. And now they're loaded down with grain, headed home. But Joseph has one more test for his brothers. Joseph Stuart has put his special uh, silver diviner's cup in Benjamin's sack of grain. Now, I don't think Joseph for a minute was using this silver cup for divination. I think it was just probably a custom of Egypt that he had this special drinking cup or whatever. But however, Joseph... He sends his steward and troops with him after the brothers to accuse them of stealing. Stealing his special drinking cup or divination cup. And when the brothers are overtaken by the stewards of Joseph, they respond to the charges of theft with, with whomever you find the cup, let him die. Wow. Wow. This shows that the brothers have great trust in one another. These brothers, they have changed. They're no no longer living absolutely for their own petty self-interest. They now are tight. They're a family. They're living for one another. It's sort of like when as a parent or a grandparent, when we witness our children simply being willing to share. That's a big thing. How often do you tell your child or your grandchild share? I have seven grandchildren. Two are sharers. Five, no sharers. But they'll learn, you know. But it's great to see that child that will share. I I like it when I share. doesn't have it all, but I do. But it's a big hurdle to get over just learning to share. And when I see our body here, meeting the needs of those that are in need, it causes me to rejoice because I get to see you being true Christians. And it, it just, it blesses me. But in verse 10, the steward declares... Only the one with whom I find the cup shall be a slave. And we know where he's going to find that cup, don't we? It's going to be Benjamin. And he does. He finds the cup in Benjamin's sack. And notice the brother's reaction. Each and every brother, all of them, tore their clothes, which is an outward sign of great sorrow and repentance each and every brother now willingly returns to Egypt back down where they just came from. That's interesting because they could have went home. They were not under arrest, but they're all together now, and they have foregone the opportunity to be a free man. In their minds, in these brothers' minds, they're going back down to Egypt and they will become slaves. What an easy justification if you would have been one of those brothers to say, hey, 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 wait a minute, I didn't steal anything. <laughs> I was never dad's favorite. <laughs> I never got the coat of many colors. I'm out of here. (laughs) But they don't. All of the brothers return to Joseph's house and when they get there they prostrate themselves. They lay down on the ground before him and in verse 15 Joseph has a question for his brothers. What deed is this that you have done? And all the while Joseph is secretly pleased at the change of heart that he sees in his brothers, especially because they're willing to be blamed with Benjamin. They're even willing to suffer with Benjamin. These are the same brothers that were envious of him because he was dad's favorite. But now they're willing to be a slave with Benjamin. That is a true change of heart. And Joseph is allowed to see it in his brother. That is true repentance. Because true repentance brings a true change in our behavior. Now, if you're anything like me, you observe all that goes on around you and what goes on in the Christian world. And we have all witnessed what I call so-called repentance. We hear people say, well, I'm sorry, when they really don't mean it, or when they're really wanting you to say that you're sorry also. They're based there saying, I'm sorry, on the return, I'm sorry. And it doesn't always come. Years ago, and it has been years ago now, when we were in California, attended Calvary Chapel of Modesto, uh, a cop who had been suspended from the police force for selling drugs, he came home with Laurie and I after church for lunch one Sunday afternoon. This cop was waiting to go to trial on drug charges and he was really concerned about going to prison. Life is not so good for an ex-cop in prison. That afternoon after lunch he began to explain how he had repented of his crime and he felt like he wouldn't have to do any jail time. He asked me if I would pray with him, which I did. And then he made what I uh, thought was a remarkable statement. And he said, since I've repented and I've asked God to forgive me, I don't think I will have to go to jail. And then he said, what do you think? Oh, man. (laughs) He had just put me on the spot. I really didn't want to discourage him or answer his question, but I felt I had to be truthful with him. And my answer was something like, according to what you've told me, I think you're going to jail. (laughs) And he was shocked that I would say that. I tried to explain that, you know, that, our justice system kind of doesn't look too favorably upon dirty cops, <laughs> you know. And and he wasn't buying it, though. His thing was God had forgiven him, and since he had truly repented, he wouldn't have to go to jail. God had forgiven him. I really believe that but society had not. This young man felt that by repenting and saying he was sorrowful, sorrowful for his crimes, that there would be no punishment. In my humble opinion though, his repentance kinda hinged on the fact of him not doing jail time. I never saw the young man again, but I followed his case in the papers And he did go to prison. Now, I've told you a sad little story, and it is sad. But I want to point out this truth. There is an enormous difference between sorrow and regret and repentance. Our prisons, they're full of criminals who are sorry that they got caught. And they regret being in prison. But most of them, their main concern is to avoid being punished. Avoid the penalty of their sin. Not true repentance. Judah, he comes to Joseph in verse 16 and he, he proclaims, What shall we say? How shall we clear ourselves? And Judah clearly understands that it is God who has found out the iniquity of the brothers, and now they must confront their punishment. Judah, he tells Joseph, take us as slaves, but allow Benjamin to go back to his father. And Joseph says, no, no, but the one who had the cup which is Benjamin, he will be my slave. So let's pick up verse 18 through 34. We'll finish out the chapter, and it's basically Judah interceding for Benjamin. Then Judah came near to him and said, "O my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing, and do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant saying, Have you a father or a brother?" And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, who is young. His brother is dead, and he alone is left with his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. And we said to my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for it would be, if he should leave his father, his father would die. But you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall see my face no more. So it was when we went up to your servant, my father, that we told him the words of my Lord. And, as, and our father said, Go back and buy us a little food. But we said, We cannot go down if our youngest brother is, is not with us. Then we will go down. But we may not see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. And the one went out from me, and I said, Surely he is torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. But if you take down this one also from me, and calamity should befall him, you shall bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore... When I come to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up in the lad's life, it will happen when he sees that the lad is not with us, that he will die. So your servant will bring down the gray hair of your servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For your servant shall become surety, for your servant has become surety for the lad, for my father, saying, if I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame forever my father, before my father. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord. And let the lad go with his brothers. For how shall I go to my father if the lad is not with me? Lest perhaps I see the evil that would come upon my father. What a turnaround for Judah. Judah will now take Joseph through the whole scenario of what happened when they went back home, what went on between himself and their father, Jacob. Verse 28 tells us, Judah, that the conversation with their father about him and how they sold him into slavery, and Joseph probably had never heard what his brothers had to say, or what his dad had to say about him being sold into slavery. This gives Joseph understanding that his father thought he was dead. That his father thought he had been torn to pieces by a wild animal. Judah is telling Joseph, we did a terrible thing. We did a horrible thing to our brother Joseph, and we cannot do the same thing to Benjamin. Judah says, let me become the slave. But please allow Benjamin to go back home to dad. That is repentance. If you want to look in Scripture and see what repentance is, there it is. That is repentance. Judah desires to go uh, do the direct opposite what he and his brothers had done previously to Joseph. That is a complete about-face, and that is repentance. Scripture gives us a classic example of remorse and being sorry for our sins without Repentance. And that's Judas Iscariot. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He feels bad about this. He returns to the chief priest at the temple, throws the 30 pieces of silver on the temple floor, and he declares, I have betrayed innocent blood. This is a confession, this is sorrow. But it's one step shy of repentance. For Judas, he doesn't change. He doesn't try to correct his error, his grievous sin. Judas has not sought to find Jesus to tell him that he regrets what he did. He does not repent. Judas simply declares, I have betrayed innocent blood. The priest, where Judas threw down the money, they have something to say about it. As he threw down the money and says, I betrayed innocent blood, they simply say, what's that to us? We don't care. And instead of looking for Judas, uh, Jesus, Judas doesn't repent. He feels remorse. He's overtaken with grief. He feels so bad that he even goes out and kills himself. He hangs himself. And he dies in his sin. And it's one of the saddest passages in all of Scripture. Let me urge anyone who has not repented of their sins, to find that forgiveness that is so readily available in our Lord Jesus. Do not carry the load of guilt any longer. And even as Christians, we can carry a load of guilt. You have to learn sometimes to accept forgiveness for your own sins. And when we find that forgiveness, when we repent and we find that abundant joy that comes through repentance, what a glorious thing. It's like an absolute weight being lifted off of our shoulders when we enjoy repentance. Now, we will have men and women back in the prayer area who would love to agree with you in prayer over any issue. Do not leave here, though, with the guilt of sin hanging over you. Enjoy repentance. Enjoy that turning around in your life away from sin. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. First of all, Lord, we thank you for going to the cross and making repentance available to us. Thank you, Lord, that all we have to do is humble ourselves and ask you to forgive us. And you are faithful. You are faithful to forgive. And then help us, Lord, to turn away from sin and not engage in sin anymore. <clears throat> As you told the woman caught in adultery, Lord, go and sin no more. Let that be our intentions, to sin no more. Thank you again that we can start out a a new year in your love, in your abundant grace, without carrying the load of sin. Thank you for taking that from us, Lord. May we find those times of refreshing that come from being forgiven. Go with us, watch over us, protect us, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name.